0: Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have Dan Fogler. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be one of my favorite episodes I've been on in a long time. Dan Fogler is someone who started really young in this business here in New York, cooked his way up, went to school in Boston, came back, had a really hard time breaking in, started in comedy, then moved into comedies and movies and television, and had a real wall in his career, and then managed to get one of the biggest franchises of all time, Fantastic Beasts. And he's about to shoot the third one, and he's so honest and open about what it takes to... Just stay sane and keep going and getting knocked down and pick yourself up. Dan Fogler, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. Dan Fogler, welcome to An Act Your Spares. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me here. Oh, man, Virtually. thanks so much for being here. It means a lot, you know. Yeah, and across seas, too. But, uh, man, I'm uh, I'm such a big fan of yours, man. I, I, I probably most people have, would not admit that this is the film they discovered you in, but, but take me home tonight was like mm-hmm. one of the first things I, I discovered you in. And then I, you know, I followed a career in like balls of fury. saw Don peyote, is that how you would say it? Yes. Oh, good cool. job. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad I got that right. And then obviously, you know, man, I'm stoked for you on the fantastic Beast thing and, and everything that you've been doing and voiceover. And I have such tremendous respect for you, man. And, and it's, mm-hmm. It's been so cool to just to see justice prevail for your career and now, you know, doing the $350 million kind of budget movies and still doing the work that you want to be doing. That's that's the dream. And I know you got your own podcast and 4D thing going on, man. So I, I really love everything that you have going on. And you're an artist, brother. And it, it, it
1: means a lot to me, you being here. Thanks, man. That means a lot to me. I appreciate, I appreciate you appreciating that. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, before we kinda of dig into work, I,
0: I'd like to start at the beginning. You grew up in New York, right? Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn.
1: Where? Uh, Bergen Beach. Ah, I'm it's... live from Williamsburg. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I usually um I mean I right I, I've stayed in Brooklyn and all sorts of different places in my whole life. I like it there a lot. What was and... the
0: experience like growing up here, you know?
1: Yeah. It was <laughs> it was crazy. It's like it, it, it's kind of like stand by me. You know? <laughs> it's like I you know I had my I had my friends who I played every day on the block and like I don't know if people have that anymore. I I I'll make a movie out of it someday, but it's very um you know, very suburban and kids would wake up, you know, six o'clock in the morning, go out and, and, you know, find each other, ring each other's doorbells and, and then just start playing, you know, and I guess, um, the magic before the iPhone ruined that. Yeah. I mean, before (laughs) I guess, you know, PlayStation, all that, like everything that has kept us in the house, which I mean, I love all that stuff, but Ooh, like my, yeah, my kids. We, you know, we're in Brooklyn. We, we're in Park Slope. My kids are seven and four. Yeah, and if they turned to me and said, like the seven-year-old, I used to, I used to run around outside. You know, at seven.
0: Yeah,
1: riding my bike around in the neighborhood at seven in, in the street. You know, if my daughter said that to me, I want to go ride my bike in the street with my, my friends. <laughs> like, are you crazy right now? You know, like yeah. that doesn't happen. But it was some um, different time. Like I was like on, like we'd play, you know, touch football in the street, and the car would come, and we go car, and then <laughs> then everyone would move out of the way. It's like oh, that man. that life But um, but also um, um, I lived in like Brooklyn, so there was you know there was drama. You yeah, know, where there was some. It wasn't the Brooklyn that it is now. Well, it was. This probably is the same. Like This is like a, a pocket. There are certain pockets in Brooklyn that ah. remain the same. Usually they remain the same because there's some kind of uh, mafioso element, whether it's like Russian or Italian or, you know, whatever is going yeah. on. That's what I had growing up. Um, and uh, so usually those neighborhoods, they kind of get st- stuck in whatever the mafia wants them to be stuck in. You know what I yeah, mean? Totally. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Can it's you actually, say which mafia it was, or do you not want to? <laughs> I can't say names, but Italian and Russian. I mean, Italian and Russian—that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, that's who I grew up, you know, with uh, on my block, and um, and uh, so yeah, it made for a lot of uh, interesting uh, stories. I got in trouble a lot, you know. I, I was like a Bart Simpson kind of kid. Um, yeah. But but a lot of that was just such a curious imagination and playing outside, um, doing impressions, making making like kung fu movies with the guys in the on in the neighborhood. Like that was like really like I always lean toward the entertainment aspect of it. It's like we'd go when we watch WrestleMania, and then you know. WWF or whatever, uh, uh, Saturday morning. And then we go out and then, and, in the guys in the neighborhood was like, Oh, okay. You're Andre the giant. You're Hulk Hogan. You know, you're the macho man, whatever. And, and everyone would, you know, hone the impressions, you know, yeah. it would actually like, you know, we would, we would act like these characters. And that's where I think a lot of that, like the acting started, you know, the wow. impression, um, and when I got a video camera for my birthday, I was out in the street and I was like gathering all the kids in the neighborhood and making, you know, fun, like home movies and stuff like that. Like,
0: were your parents like, artists at all? Like, did they have any, my, um,
1: I mean, they appreciated that stuff. They always took us to theater and they always like, Oh, I cool. Would, yeah. Uh, my dad wanted to be an actor. He, my dad went to the, uh, I, I had like a perfect storm. Cause my dad went to like the original fame school, like, uh, uh, LaGuardia. Uh, yeah. An actor. Yeah. And, uh, he was their freshman and sophomore year. And this was like, you know, back in the fifties, you know, sixties. And, and, and so he, and he was good, I guess, but I guess it was a lot of money. And my, and my grandparents watched him in a show and, and my, my dad was like, so what do you think? and, they were like, you're good, but you're going to be a doctor. Like your, your science scores are, you know, through the roof. And, <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll be a doctor because you just listen to what your parents said th- in those days. And and he, of course. he became a doctor, you know, because they, they were like, you'll be able to support yourself. And so then when I came around, um, my dad was just like living vicariously through me. He was like at every single theatrical performance and you know was the first one in line and, and was like always super supportive and and had the ability to support me you know into my like late 20s and almost you know i had a deadline my but that was another good thing my dad was like 30 i'm cutting you off when you hit 30 you know, i can't i can't pay for you you're freaking you know i can't help you you know with your rent and your 30s kid you gotta wow. you know work on it so i was like okay so but all through my twenties, my dad was helping me. And so, was- did you go to LaGuardia? You? No, I went to um, I went to Boston University. I went to just regular high school. I went to uh, well, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how regular it was. Uh, poly Prep, um, um, prep, uh, you know, private school. Yeah, uh, in Brooklyn. Um, and, uh, which has had a lot of controversy, like <laughs> throughout its whole, you know, but, uh, when I went there, it was pretty tame, you know, uh, but I, I got into the theater there, which is like, a, they had a state of the art theater there, um, that would like was better than any off Broadway theater I'd ever been in and, and probably oh. a little, little less, you know extravagant than a broadway theater but it was like a working theater and and it was with the lights and everything and so we put on great shows at that high school and that's a lot of the that's where i really honed my skills and realized yeah i think maybe this is what i'm gonna do you know was there a teacher that really kind of helped you manifest that and put you on that path all of my teachers um who well yeah each one of them really helped me. Like there was uh, like miss, miss Eliasoff who was, who cast me in my first show in high school. While I was a freshman and uh, it was midsummer night's dream. Oh wow. And uh, she cast me as uh, uh or a uh, flute. So flute, the bellows mender who was one of the mechanicals. Great, great parts, you know, um, he goes on to play uh fisby dresses as a woman i had like these crazy blonde braids and this crazy like you know stuffed uh dress and it was hysterical wow and um i stole the show uh at the end of the show i come out as this talking
0: like this and
1: and uh, as this like really funny um maiden and um that was really the in high school I was like and I had the audience in the palm of my hand they were just pissing their pants and then the next day you know you know like it was good and you should really like listen to the universe you know when people come after you like the next week after and and just like yeah man that was great that was hysterical I remember that bit that bit you did and and then, and that's where I really, um, and then to, to do that freshman year. So I had the whole four, wow, four years sweet. ahead of me to do all the, you know, to be like, you know, what's Fogler going to do next. That was, yeah. really, that was cool. You know? Um, and I was like most likely to be an actor. I was, I was, um, a, uh, a class clown, you know, like I said, I was like yeah. Bart Simpson and I got in trouble, but, I learned pretty early on that as long as I wasn't a jerk and I was respected my teacher, um, that I could you know I make the kids laugh. I also make the teacher laugh, you know. And and there were yeah. certain and because I was like honed that charm like in a Ferris Bueller kind of way, uh, I would be able to get <laughs> yeah. out of a get out of a lot of stuff. I'd be like uh, in like chemistry class, and I'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm not getting the math here." and you know, is there any way that I can make a movie that like is like explains this and maybe do some like cool special effect or something? Um, and I did love- the same thing. I <laughs> they would love that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. That's they, amazing.
1: Yeah, they appreciated the effort. They really did, because anyone could just regurgitate. But this shows that you, that you're using your. Uh, obviously, I was overly right. Overly right, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> – obviously i'm overly right brain and uh so they 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 noticed that and so thank god i was in a school where um they said you know know what this guy he excels in the arts so let's push him toward that let's give him a break in certain areas and it's obvious he's going to be an actor you know and they were right man They, they were right yeah, that's so. That's so I, I was I was very lucky.
0: I no, man, you worked really hard for that. And I'm curious, then you know, we mentioned that you went to Boston, but you know, obviously being in New York with NYU and Juilliard and Yale, a little bit there. Did you ever think about those <laughs> schools? Like, what attracted you to Boston?
1: <clears throat>
0: um. Yeah, that's
1: funny, man. That's funny. Just trying to remember all those. <clears throat> auditions for colleges and oh, the worst <laughs> uh, yeah I went all over the place man and those were the like uh, you if you want to you know you have to go to a conservatory school like that totally. was totally so yeah that journey was wild obviously I auditioned for Juilliard to see if I can get into Juilliard um that audition was a complete disaster
0: so was mine
1: <laughs> really I, yeah
0: i i um I'm, I'm 4 years sober but i relapsed the night before mine
1: yeah yeah Maybe Juilliard will do that to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it. it's stressful man <laughs> yeah cuz like i love rom williams and like i was like oh yeah i want to go where rom williams went and you know, it's like Juilliard. Yeah, know, like Juilliard. Kevin, yeah, heaven signed. And everyone who <laughs> yeah. goes to Juilliard has a a way they breathe, and a way yeah. they walk, and a way they strut. You know, totally. like, I want that. You know, I would never. I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not that Juilliard actor. You know. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that, but I wanted to see. So I did my auditions. <laughs> uh, okay. So I should say that. I I didn't take it seriously because it it cracked me up. I I went right away. I just smelled the pretension.
0: Oh, and I relate to that so much.
1: God. Yeah. And I, I walked in there and, and and It, it was, um, so masturbatory. Okay. So I had done a chorus line in high school. Yeah. And she has the song about like, you know, the teacher asked me to be ice cream and I just, I couldn't be fucking ice cream. Okay. I
0: was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. It's
1: like, a, you know, and um, whatever that song is, I, I went down to the bottom of my soul to see if I can become an ice cream cone and I just couldn't fucking become an ice cream cone. You know, I'm 15 or no, no, I'm, I'm 17 and I'm, and I'm standing there And we have this pretentious, the guy's probably still there. He's got all the the black turtleneck and he's like the ball, he's bald and he's looking at us. Like, he's like a, like a Hawk or something, you know, he's going to pounce at any moment. And he's just all just says things at us. You know, he's just all freezing. You know, and then everyone all around me is just all oh, oh god, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm just looking at everyone and I just start giggling. I, I can't help it. I'm just like, yeah. this is so this is it was ridiculous to me in that moment. Everyone just trying to be freezing for this man. Oh, now he's just now you're on fire. You know, <laughs> it's just like it was just like, oh god, is this what this is gonna be? And yeah. then I am just being like, ha
0: ha ha,
1: I'm on fire. <laughs> You know I was just not ready for that, so that when I got to my audition and I'm doing you know my midsummer Night's Dream audition whatever and um and I'm doing my you know musical presentation, you know I'm so excited there's the guy with the bald head and the turtleneck, and he's sitting behind this long panel with all the other teachers, and he sees me, mr Giggles, and I, as soon as I start doing my Audition, here I am, 17 year old Dan trying to do my best to Juilliard audition. And he goes, Lunch. Okay. And everyone starts ordering lunch. Some PA walks in, walks in, like looks at me, and it's just all and starts like taking people's fucking orders while I'm doing my. And I was just like, Should I? What the fuck? and they, and they were just like, no, no, keep going. I'll have a ham and cheese. So I guess the guys, that was the guy's way of saying, you know, you're going to laugh at my thing, I'm going to laugh at your thing or whatever the fuck. That's how I interpreted it. So I get through, I'm fucking 17. Yeah. I get, I get through my my audition. I'm just like, no one paid attention to that at all. They just ordered lunch. Yeah. <laughs> he says, okay, approach the table. I sit there at the table. And I was just like, um. And the and the PA is still there, like jotting shit down. And I go, um, I go. So what do you guys think? <laughs> and they were like, uh, and the guy go right away. He says, um, "You're too young. You need to." And he was right. Yeah, you're too young. You need to. Um, you need to live more get more life experience. And I was like, oh you saw that while you were ordering. <laughs> and the PA starts laughing <laughs> and he's just all good day. And I was just like, oh. oh fuck that guy. And everyone out there, everyone's just like, everyone's just like, um, cause you come back for the callback is my name yeah. on the list. Is my name on the list. Yeah. And then my parents are there, you know, driving me there. They're just all, so you think your name's going to be on the list? And I'm just like, nah, nah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, mine was
0: four years, you know, I, I'm sober four years. But when I did it, you know, they emailed to you now. So you just sit in that room and you just see 5,000 faces just start
1: crying, dude.
0: It's so start brutal. crying. Oh, it's so brutal, man.
1: I, uh-huh. How did I end up? I, I ended up at BU because I went around the circuit, and, and and while I was doing this thing with my parents, as much as I love them, I realized I need to be far away from my parents in order to grow, you know. So I was like, I got to get out of New York. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if I had them every day, being in the same city, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have lived with them. But I, you know but seeing them all the time and them just, you know, how's your progress? And, uh, Oh my God, you, you needed space. You, you, yeah. You need freedom to really find, you know, who you are as an actor and and, that, and you have enough pressure. So I was like, I gotta get the hell away from that. And because I was going around the circuit, I went to Chicago. I went to uh, North Carolina. I went to all the different conservatory possibilities and yeah, some of them were great. Some of them were great schools and they were all like really excited and they, they wanted me and, But I found that across the board, uh, I went to Carnegie Mellon, uh, like for pre-college. I was like, I really liked it there. But I was like, you know what? They have this uh, cookie cutter thing where it's almost like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the conservatory program. I I went to NYU. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Were you, you, did you have a, it was like, um, like baseball, you know, you come back to your locker And you'd have a red ribbon, you know, and that ribbon meant that you had to go and see, uh, you know, the, the management, you know, basically you had to go and and they would tell you what you had to work on. Yeah. In in like 30 days or else. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Um, oh my God, that was, that was tough. So a lot of that was, um, body image. I looked around at a lot of these schools. and No one looks like me. Uh, everyone's really skinny, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I remember I was at the last co- I was at one of these colleges where they said, we really love you. We, we like, we, we want you in the school. And I was like, Oh, great. And I was like, but what if I don't lose that, you know, that 30 pounds? What if I gain, yeah. you know, a freshman 15, you know, yeah. like, what, you know, like what happens there? And they're like, you'll lose it. And I was like, it, they were like, "It's rigorous. It's a rigorous. You'll lose it." And I was like, "But what if I don't?" Yeah, I'm trying. I've been struggling with my way my whole life. It's like, is that a? Am I going to get a? Are you guys going to stress me out with a red tag in my life? Are you, you going to make
0: me, you know, me anorexic? Like, you know, like,
1: but, yeah. yeah. So I came to BU, and it kind of met all the criteria. It was East Coast, and it was, um, it was away from the parents and. Yeah. The guy who was like my freshman um, tour guide, the guy was like a 30-year-old guy who wanted to be an actor out of the blue and was a sophomore in the acting program and looked like Santa Claus. He just liked this big, jovial, fuzzy and I looked up at him and I was like, "Yeah, I, I like the I like how eclectic this is. Yeah. you know everyone there were different shapes and sizes, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to fit in nicely here." And I did. I had a great yeah. time there. Um, but that's why I chose that school was because so it was a beautiful experience for you. Well, I don't know about beautiful. I had <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. All
0: right yeah, we'll settle for that. Time.
1: Boston and, is a great, great party school. Great because yeah. we have all those different colleges between Harvard. Yeah, you can Harvard just hit the MIT, circuit. You know, all the surrounding. Yeah, Emerson and oh, holy crap.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, yeah,
1: that was a, a lot of fun, and yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, man. I'm, I'm just
0: curious, you know, when you graduate from a program like that, I imagine obviously having the family in New York helps because like, you know, my dad lives in, in New York and I'm able to live for free. You know, he's got a duplex so that I stayed here after NYU. And, you know, was that part of the reason that like, you know, I feel like maybe – I'm 30, but during your time, like, was it the LA, New York thing, something that weighed heavily on you or because you grew up doing plays and, you know, musicals that New York was your only choice to come back to?
1: I was open to really whatever would happen after Boston. I knew I was going to come to New York after Boston because that's what it was familiar Yeah. And I was a theater school. So I was like, and I was like that whole romantic thing. If I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. And I thought, um, but if something said, like if I had an agent out of the, you know, the consortium or whatever, and they said, Hey, yeah, come out to LA. I would have gone out to LA. A lot of my friends went out to LA. Like half of my class went out to LA. Some of them went out to Chicago and the rest of them went out to New York. Um, and I did not get an agent out of the
0: showcase. Out of the
1: showcase, yeah. Um, I I went around and I got me. I had meetings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my God, those meetings were horrendous. Oh, horrendous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, <It's>...
1: whoa. <laughs> You're um, you me PTSD, man. Yeah. Uh. Okay, so you get out of college. And you have the stress of, okay, now you got to become a paying, a, uh, you know, a paid actor.
0: At <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> tw- okay, 21, have
1: 22.
0: Oh, I had a yeah. twitch
1: in my eye. My eye was like, and cause I, c- I couldn't sleep. I was at home, yeah. you know, for those first few months after college and, and my parents every day, what are you doing? What, did, what, did you, what are you doing? What are do you, what, how did you, oh my God. What did you do for your career today? What did you I was like, well, I I went through Backstage mag- magazine and I, <laughs> I circled all this all these possibilities. Yeah. Sent out my headshot. I don't know what the fuck else I could do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I would go on these auditions. I do my best. I was doing stand-up comedy, but some of these first like when you're right out of college. And your resume is basically a bunch of stuff you did in college. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Those first few auditions were those first few (laughs) meetings with agents were such a huge lesson. I, I, one of the worst was it was a commercial guy, commercial agent. And he's like, oh, "You made me laugh in the showcase." I was like, "Oh, thanks." And he goes, um, "And he goes, so let me see your resume." He looks at my resume, and he says, "Okay, so uh, you're, you know, you have all these fun special skills, and that's fun, but everything you've done is in college." I was like, "Yeah, you saw me in the showcase."
0: <laughs> I jumped that out of college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I'm here for you to get work and I basically said "I'm, you know I'm wet behind the ears but like I'm ready to work man let's yeah. like, get auditions he's like but you know you like there's nothing I, it's like I was like that's when I kept on hearing the catch 22 he's like it's it, sorry yeah I, it's a catch 22 because you have to have something on your resume in order for me to get so it's just like but is there any way that you could and then at that point he goes uh, hold on one second and he hits he hits a button on his phone and he puts his headphones on and he turns away from me, swivels away, and he just starts talking. It was an imaginary conversation. Uh huh. Yeah. And he's looking back at me. Uh huh. Uh huh. And on his screen, his computer screen right here is a screensaver. And he is not even looking at me. He tilts the computer like this. As he's having the fake conversation. Yes, I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> he turns the computer and on the screensaver, it says, if you're reading this right now, this meeting isn't going very well. Scrolling, scrolling across with like fun robotic font.
0: Oh and my I'm reading God. that. I'm looking at
1: that. And I'm just like looking at him, having his fake conversation, looking at the thing. And I literally go. Is that for me?
0: Oh, my God. I don't mean to laugh. I'm,
1: it's hysterical. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I sit there. I just start flop sweat. And I'm just sweating. It's August. And I'm just uh, like, oh. I guess so, I leave.
0: <laughs> i guy's fucking head.
1: Yeah. So I should just leave? And then I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not going to give the guy the fucking. <laughs> I'm just going to ride it out. I'm going <laughs> to sit here and see what he does. I want to hear his fake fucking conversation. Yeah. At which point he hits another button he calls a secretary in his secretary comes in and is like so flustered and like so sort of like doesn't even like doesn't like him comes in and just this, this poor girl with a stack of fucking scripts walks in and is just like what <laughs> okay and she looks down and she's like looking at the back of his head and she looks at the screen and then she looks at me and she goes I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you you, 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 can leave now. You can go. I, I'm, I'm sorry. And I go, okay. And I leave and I walk out into the hallway and she's like, I'm, I'm quitting really soon. He's, he's just an asshole to people. I'm so sorry about that. And I was just like, I can't believe he couldn't even look at me and <laughs> tell me goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> what a piece of shit. And I almost
0: have a feeling, I think I know who it is, but we'll talk about it later.
1: I have, uh, there's, a, each one of them was their own brand of cockery. Yeah. One guy, I, I came in, I was exhausted after, a, it was another one of these, like, fucking heat wave days, all exhausted, and I'm sitting in this guy's office, and I'm trying to, like, make the small talk. And I, and... <laughs> I I get two jokes in. He's kind of smiling, and then I look down and I see he's eating fucking sushi off of my headshot, directly oh my off of the headshot. God, which costs like two dollars to print. Yeah, yeah. and and you're, I'm out of college. I was like, oh my god, like like I, I spent my money on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I'm and I'm just like now I'm just flabbergasted. And he's talking to me. He's talking to me, and I'm just like, yeah, uh huh, yeah. And he's just all, oh, you're. It's kind of boring, and I go. I just had a long day, man. I just had a long, long day, and he's just all well. Anyway, and I was just like, uh, "You keep the headshot." Yeah, and I, and I, I leave. I leave, and I forgot my fucking bag or whatever the fuck, because I was just so flustered. And I come back, and I see my fucking headshot. Ripped in half in the garbage, right next to him, with fucking soy sauce splattered all over it. And uh, I just came in, I saw that, and I saw him, and I was just like, "Wow!" And he was like, "What? What? What?" And then I was just like, "Nothing." Um. Yeah, the, the, it's a power trip, man. They're at yeah. these they're mid-level positions, you know, where they exude every little ounce of fucking bullshit power that they have it's uh, they know that you need them yeah that's why it's like you have to somehow find a way to act like they need you and i'm so curious to ask
0: you man this is so beautiful because i lived that life for at one on one for a really long time before i got wrapped yeah. how did you not cave to despair like at that did that point did that manifest like okay i got to create my own work or what was it that like no. ignited
1: yeah Yeah, I was like, okay, I gotta get a. What's the quickest way to get a manager? Well, people are getting managers by doing stand up comedy these days. Okay, so I just started doing stand up. I just started writing my own material, um, and uh, basically setting up a camera, getting baked. This is how I made my material. I would just smoke hella pot, which I love to do get super creative and yeah. just do fucking Robin Williams, fucking Jonathan Winters characters with different hats and different, shit. does like tapes and tapes and tapes of me, hysterical, yeah. ridiculous, you know, non sequitur stuff. And then I would take the best of that and I wouldn't uh, patchwork a routine together. And I started to get some attention doing that. And, and, but it was so dark. Cause I, I would come off the stage and I would kill certain nights, but. Doing I mean, like this cellar, danger fields, those kind of places or. Exactly. New York yeah. comedy clubs. Yeah. 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 Improb- yeah, I know. yeah. Exactly. For sure. like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I, and I, and I worked my way up. I did Caroline's, you know, I did, I did like uh in a, I would do these showcases at Caroline's new, new, you know, fresh comedian night, you know, whatever. The fuck. Uh, to get the, you know, you'd have your tape, you know. And I, I love your um, Sam Kennison,
0: you know, screen test, man.
1: That was cool. That Yeah. Was, um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with that movie, but. It will. But, <laughs> who knows? But to be able, <laughs> to, be able to do that, yeah. to be able to go to Dangerfields on the stage where he did his thing and recreate it and then have the manager at the beginning be like yeah yeah whatever you can do yeah yeah it's for it's for sam canson yeah yeah whatever do do your thing and then to have him come out in the middle of the set from his office and walk up to the stage and just i'm talking to him and he's like you're in you're in the shot man you're in the shot he's just like i thought it was sam and i it was so that that was really special that was wow really, yeah it's yeah. so
0: beautiful man wow yeah
1: the um that was that was a cool screen test. You know, people could check that out. Yeah, uh, stand up is hard. It's really hard because, like I was saying, on nights that I would kill, I go off stage and looking for high fives and, and and camaraderie, and I would find people. I didn't find my click, you know. Yeah. Because I was an actor coming in to yeah. do stand, I was like, I'm I, I'm doing. I'm They sensed that I was just, you know, I'm just moving through you know
0: you weren't like david tell or one of those guys that were going to be there you know doing that was their thing no yeah they knew. yeah yeah i get that yeah they not... knew
1: that i was like auditioning. which is why
0: I, i've been scared to try it because i heard it's very clicky like that they're not very op-
1: yeah 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 and they would like i go for a high five and like no one would be there <laughs> and, and, oh, and I'd be like, what's wrong, man? What happened? I, I thought we were, I thought we were pals, you know, and to be like, fuck man, I got to follow that. Like be like, yeah. Oh, like I was rooting for you. Like what the fuck? Like, yeah. You know, I, so I got out of that and I started doing UCB and improv and, um, and, and now that's no longer, you know, sadly in existence in New York, at
0: least was was that a really good experience for you? Because I know to be honest, it can go you know, you should be kind of, I'll just say it and I don't want this. It's not coming out of your mouth. It kind of became a pyramid scheme at the end. And
1: yeah, not surprised. Well, 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 yeah. I was there when it first started cooking and yeah. what I got out of it was. um, That's funny you said that. Yeah. When I got out of it was um, I got to like level two, three, like third level, starting to do shows with my friends. And I love that. I love that. But then doing the classes, it became really competitive because people were like, Oh, SNL is coming to like, you know, poach people. And yeah. And um, so was that even something you wanted or? Oh yeah. 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 But then, but, but then there was no, like I said, the camaraderie, the fucking, what I loved in my, for my improv troupe in college, it was like, we were like, it was like animal house, you know, it was like, you know, we would, we, there was a bond there, and that was out the window. And how do you fucking improvise with people who you don't who who you don't trust to have your back? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, like you any second they're gonna <laughs> you under Golden fucking... rule of the improv. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was very toxic. So I got the fuck out before I completed the program. A lot of my friends followed me, and I continued to make stuff with my friends. Yeah, outside yeah. of the UCB. So the UCB in it was like the delicious center of the Oreo cookie, like the, you know, the, the middle of it was, was like the core of it was really fun and great. And, and but then it became something else. Um, uh, like you said, I guess, you know, it became like a pyramid scheme to, to keep it going. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I got out pretty soon, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. Um, it's tricky, uh, with those things. Um, because, you know, there's, it's, at its heart, like improv, Yeah, the teachings of improv, that's like the teachings of life, you know, how to, like, if, you know how to, if you're if you a good improviser, you're also can, are, are good in um, a job interview. Yeah. Good, yeah. You know, if you're a good improviser, you're also good in a, you know, in a conversation. You you're also good with, you know, picking up women. You're also exactly good Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's life. Like in, in, improv is life, if if and so that's really special. Um, At this
0: point, did you have a manager then? From all this, like you know, showcase. So I got a manager
1: first. My first manager, I got um, out of doing stand up. So I got my manager, and I was like, "Fucking, I'm out of, I'm getting out of stand up." And that, and I was like, "Get me acting work, you know, I'll do improv, so our guest but, star, kind of things." I, or. Yeah, but they you know, they were um they were as hungry as I was. So basically yeah. what they were was a title or or basically I they they were someone I can say this person believed in me enough to say that they're my manager. So and that's basically where that ended. Because yeah. they couldn't it was like, you know, it was like a Broadway Danny Rose thing where they couldn't really, you know, get me work. Yeah. But they were trying to, you know, ho- like hone my skills the best way they could. Yeah, so it's like I don't need that. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking, you know. I'm just trying to live here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so that was that relationship kind of fizzled as soon as it began but I had a manager so I can say I had a manager and from that I got my first agent. So it's like, you it. have to have these stepping stone moments. Um, so that when you get to your real manager and your real agent, you can say, Oh yeah, yeah. I have a manager and an agent, but they're not really doing anything for me. So you have to, <laughs> yeah. you know I, mean? <laughs> I know exactly what <laughs> you have to have those, yeah. those little milestones. Um, it's d- long, man. That was eight, eight years, ten years of between college and actually getting my first real foot in the door. Uh, that was about eight, eight to ten years. It's yeah, yeah.
0: So, I mean, similar here. I mean, so that 2005 musical was that your first really kind of big thing,
1: or so, taking the skills from improv and 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 because um... you won the Tony for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, so everything you can, you can trace back to, oh, this led to this and this big at that. And so all the, all the improv and work with my friends and um, those skills, we took those skills to create our own characters. And, and that's what it's about during the, during the lulls, you have to create work for yourself. You have to, you, that's just how it is. You you yeah. have to you have to get together with like minded people, with your friends, and create perfect roles for yourself that only you could perform. Yeah. And um and that's what we did with spelling bee. Everyone made perfect characters for themselves. Um and we started performing this show um, off 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 Broadway. For shits and giggles, you know, for literally for laughs, um, to see who would come, and it caught on. People, people loved it. People came from all over, and and then it just so happened that uh, Sarah Salzberg, who I went to college with, who was now in this troupe with us, uh, who played Schwartz and Grubinier, she was the nanny of Wendy Wasserstein. Okay, so there she was trying to. So there Sarah was for her day job trying to make ends meet. Yeah. She, any of Wendy Wasserstein, Wendy Wasserstein comes to see her nanny in a show yeah. and she falls in love with the show. It's history. Wendy Wasserstein is just like, I, my friend, I got to get my friend, Bill Finn. And you know, James Lapine to see this. Yeah. And then the next thing, you know, we're fucking workshopping it. And that was my ticket, man. But Yeah. And that was then that was four years of workshopping that um in the Berkshires at Barrington for like two summers, a winter in a summer, and then we got it to second stage. Wow. And then uh from there it was a year on Broadway. So that journey was intense, man. It's just yeah. like I created the character with with my friends and then took it all the way to Broadway and then And then to get a nomination out of that is just like and then to actually win is just like, oh, okay, I see. Wishes come true. I see. Yeah. When you when you fucking focus on something and you say, This is all I'm gonna focus on right now, I'm just gonna make this good. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my passion into this and and shout as loud as I can and maybe, maybe someone will hear me. (laughs) <laughs> that's, it. that's it that's the only intention you're not trying yeah. to get paid you know you're just doing it for the work yeah let me see you how fun it. i can yeah, yeah. Well, how, well well there is an intention you definitely want to be heard yeah and um with that intention with that pure intention uh then the universe will conspire in your favor it will every yeah. time i've i've had a situation where i was just like don't think about what anyone else is doing. Just think about what you're doing right now. Just focus on this. Um, whether it was they were commercial successes, you know, is another thing. But Don Peyote came out of that like out of necessity. It was a lull in my career, and I was having like a spiritual kind of moment, and I was like, I want to document this. I wanna and that movie connected me to so many amazing people, interviews, just, just, you know, and, and help me evolve and become the kind of person that I, the humble kind of person that I needed to be to, to ask for the right miracles to happen so I can get the right roles, like fantastic beasts and the stuff that started happening after that. And then like, I needed to, I mean, you say that so casually, but
0: what, you know, as a guy who went in from having a fucking asshole agent, put sushi on his headshot to then being on a $250 million set with Colin Farrell, Ezra Miller, you know, Eddie Ray, what is that like? I mean, was there just a moment the day you arrived where you're like, shit, dude, you know, or, or, or did it just kind of at that certain point, you know, work became work that became work. And I don't want to say it felt like a natural progression, but you know, you, you earned
1: it. Yeah. Because there definitely, uh, there was, there was the. There was sorry, the, my uh, dog, the delivery man. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a humbling that that had to occur. Like I needed to go through a, like a humbling period yeah. because, like, I won the Tony Award and then suddenly I was, you know, making movies with Christopher Walken and they're fun, like cult movies <sighs> and whatever. And it was good that I did them, but if they were like real blockbusters, then I probably never would have been the right frame of mind to play Jacob. Yeah. You know, if those things were blockbusters, I just would have had a big ego. I would have been an asshole until I had a real, you know, you know, downfall, but because those movies didn't really do well. And I had that lull, those were times where I really worked on myself and I created my own stuff and really said, Yeah, this is it. Really, you know, it was like a reset. Yeah. Like, I, like and then because I had my kids and I had my, I was about to have, uh, my wife was about to have our second child. And that was the lowest I was in my career, I was like, fuck, I need a miracle or I have to get out. Get out. Yeah. 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 Um, or not, not get out, but like, I don't have time. I have to put food on the table. You know, yeah. I have to do other th- things like, um, and how did
0: you not cave to despair in that moment? If you know, shows called an despair is like, what do you, what buoyed you in that moment? Because I think we yeah, all were needed-
1: everyone, everyone around me was just like, yeah, maybe it's time to, you know, take some. Wow. Time. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. I was just like, I, whenever I was, I was in these moments in my life at these crossroads on new years, I would make these, um, wishes on stars on, on new years. So I basically asked for a miracle. I was just like, you know, please, this beautiful star I'm looking at tonight. Um, (laughs) and it worked before like i got like that's how i got my wife like i i wished um for a relationship that just worked and was yeah. you know easy and we loved each other and that's i, I literally hooked up with her that night um but uh, i was like okay let me try this again <laughs> so i i wished on the star i was like i need a miracle here i've got my second daughter coming and um i just just there's so many i was like I literally said in my head, like there's so many franchises out there. There's so many spin-offs and sequels. and Yeah. You know, I was like, isn't that funny? And I was like, um, just, and I was thinking star Wars. Cause I'm a star Wars man. Yeah. You know, totally. And I was like, I was like, and they and they were, you know, doing the movies. I was like, just come on. I, w- I don't care if I'm a, you know, just like a,
0: I, I could have seen it.
1: <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Just right <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't care, man. I'll yeah. be, I'll be freaking, I'll be a sand person. I don't yeah. care. I'll be, <laughs> you know, I'll be Greedo's. <laughs> you know, I don't give a shit. Like, um, and literally, like two months later, I got the audition for Fantastic Beasts.
0: Wow!
1: Out of the blue. Like
0: it, it It was it JK or just your agent or
1: they said, you know, they're, 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 they're <laughs> my agent calls up and said, you know, they're, they're looking for this character, Jacob, and you, you fit the bill and you know, where so, you know, go, go do your best. I don't think anyone thought that I was going to get the role. I wasn't at, I wasn't anywhere in my, I thought that I would have to, where I was in my career that I would have to do this movie in order to do this movie in order to even be in contention for fantastic beats. Like that's where I, my mindset was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was like, Oh my God. Like, what am I going to leap into a, one of the biggest franchises in the world out of the blue? That's crazy. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, what I learned from these, you know, this constant re- rejection process that we go through of, you know, creating, able to tango with it, you know, getting rejected and then
0: coming back from yeah. all, you know, it's like, <laughs> the boomerang. Hey. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman who, you know, may, may rest in peace. One of my all time favorites on the actor's studio. He said, yeah, you're going to get rejected all the time. But, um, when you go for these auditions, you have to treat the audition like it's, and he was a theater guy too. He's like, you have to treat the audition like it's a performance, like it's your like your final performance. Yeah. Because odds are you're going to get rejected. You're not going to get the part. You're going to be too short or fat or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And uh, and so you can at least walk away fulfilled. Yeah, that you did a you you feeling your heart that you did the best that you could do. Yeah. And you hear that applause in your head at the end and you say thank you, thank you. And that's all you need. Yeah. And then yeah. the cherry on the fucking cake is the callback. And then the icing is the fucking you actually get the part. But yeah. the, the actual cake is that audition. You're just like, just make the most of that audition. So that's what I did. Every audition after that, I was like, Yeah, it's a performance It's a it's a chance to perform. Yeah. And um that was the real humbling, you know, part of the humbling period. Where, and that also is the philosophy of they need you more than you need them. If you go yeah. in there and you're saying, here's my performance, take it or leave it, I'm out of here. Yeah. They, they, they like that.
0: They it's like, like, it. like being on a date and being desperate to get laid. It never works. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I wish it did. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sometimes uh, they're really
1: desperate. And they're, you know, like I haven't but, been listening to you for the last half hour. <laughs>
0: But but you're shooting the third one right now, and and how does that feel? We're you're, about you, to.
1: I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I, I didn't know
0: if COVID slowed that down or what. It whatever. did.
1: It's, I mean, it slowed everything down. Like yeah, um, yeah. I was about to sh- uh, back in April, man. We were about to shoot day one. They had me all shaved down and I had my mustache and going to work, and they were just like, "Head home, Mister." that was April. So yeah, we were supposed to be wrapping up the movie now. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Warner Brothers has got the money, but, uh,
0: but I, I know, I I know you got family and you're a little bit ahead of time, man. Final few questions for you, brother.
1: I am ahead of my time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude. So fun. We'll have to hang in New York sometime whenever you're done filming. If I ever come back to (laughs) it. One, you know, I want to promote it because you, you have it. Can you talk a little bit about your podcast?
1: Yeah, the Dan Fogler 4D Experience Podcast. Where can people find that? Okay, yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, Spotify, Megaphone, iTunes, um, on the Authentic uh, Network. Um, we also do a live show, which is on NerdBot. We just started doing this like like this, you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna dive into the virtual world. It's all I've been doing, you know. Yeah. Um so we started to do a, a video, uh video cast aspect of it. Um so our next show is uh April twenty April, August a-
0: August. <laughs> I was like, wait, next year.
1: <laughs> next year. Next uh, uh, August August twenty second. Uh and um we got Joe Manganello, we got Seth oh. Gillian uh is coming on. Seth um, Gillian from The Wire? Time. Yeah, and The Walking oh. Dead. Know, yeah, That's right. You're buddy. doing yeah, I love yeah. Seth.
0: He's great, man.
1: He's great. Um he's been in so much, you know, I've been watching him for yeah. forever, since like you know yeah. what is it, uh, Stormship Troopers? No, wait. yeah, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. no,
0: no, no, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> And uh anyway, so that should be fun. We had Leah Thompson on last oh, month. Cool. Or, or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I like yeah, it was cool. I get to interview all these people that I just you know you had the pleasure of watching them over the years and asked them I, like, as I, you gave I, me today, man. Thank you. It means a lot to Oh you. yeah. Yeah. I I got to like see <laughs> I got to see Leah Thompson's face as I told her that Chip Zine, who was the voice of Howard the Duck, was Baker in Into the Woods. And then I was just like, are you ready? I'm going to sing. I was like, here's Howard the du- Duck. Here's Howard the Duck singing the best of Sondheim. No <laughs> one is alone. <laughs> Truly people make mistakes, (laughs) fathers. You're I love it, man. And she was just looking at me like, holy shit. (laughs) The whole show where Howard the Duck was singing like that? I was like, yeah.
0: That's so radical, brother. Uh, Well, Mitch, because I feel like you can answer this so well, and this is a question I I ask every guest, you know, it's obviously a very heavy time for the world, but for all the you know actors, artists, people, you know, dreamers out there yeah. that, that are getting sushi'd and PA'd on at their at their auditions and their showcases right now and uh and lunch ordered. Any words of advice, wisdom for them?
1: Fuck man, no. <laughs> <laughs> <My God. laughs> It's just <laughs> uh, uh, no, it 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 gets easier. It gets yeah. easier because you know it's like anything else, man. It's it's uh, it builds character, you know. Yeah, it's like Rocky. You know, yeah. we're like we're all we're all little Rockies. Yeah. Think about think about Sylvester Stallone story. Yeah. How. They Selling his the, dog. Jesus the
0: Christ.
1: his dog? Yeah. He was like, "No, I want to be in it. Yeah. I want to do the whole thing. You know, yeah. they're like laughing at him, you know. Yeah. I'll do it for nothing. I'll fucking. And he stuck to it, man. That's what it's about. Yeah. You just keep on getting punched in the face. <laughs> hey, yeah. hit the floor. You just and keep, keep getting coming. back up. You just keep on coming back. And you create a legend for yourself, you know. You become a Nigo Montoya, you know. You become the greatest, you know. (laughs) Don Quixote. Yes, you do these legendary things. Yeah. These, you know, whatever Daniel Day Lewis said. It's like being a boxer. You get, you get these, you get these moments. Yeah. To to shine, and then you go back and you hone it again, and you get, then you come out again. It's like that. It's like we're warriors, you know. We're we're these little Rockies who we just it's 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 one of the last at least at this level you know when you (laughs) it's very noble you know there's there's a reason that the actor the fool was like one of the most important people in the king's court you know the the king needed the fool to keep him in his place (laughs) to to laugh and to get the news like the fool always told him what was really going on yeah Um, that's us, man. And that's our job. And it's very, you know, you're part of a long line of a, you know, it's it's a very special tradition. And um, yeah, just keep at it because you're bound to be in something. You're bound to so much content out there, so much um, to watch, uh, so much TV and just keep at it. Yeah, keep at it. It's a small world. Be nice to people and you'll get work.
0: It means the world. Dan Fogart. Thanks so much, man. I, I hope we get a chance to do it again someday. And dude, I, I got so much love for you and so much respect and I'm so excited for all that's to come and you deserve it all, brother. Truly. And oh, wow. yeah. Thank you so much, man.
1: Hey, thank you. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A lot really- of
0: love. Uh, yeah, man. Hit me, hit me when you're back in New York, and we'll and we'll grab coffee or something. I live in Brooklyn too, so nice.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe in the spring, man. Um, yeah,
0: when you're done with the, uh, you know, whatever. Larry Potter, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, break legs and break legs in the meantime.
0: Yeah, with what auditions I get, man. Hopefully, it picks up soon.
1: Yeah. Oh, and check out check out my comic books, Brooklyn Gladiator um fish kill and moon lake uh with heavy metal uh magazine uh coming out all this month fogler's fictions
0: Fogler, is like. that a
1: website or yeah that's my yeah com. that's my website one-stop shopping for all that stuff i got three titles coming out i don't know if you're a comic book guy but i got I'm, three dude, titles i'm
0: out. buying all three of them
1: well, send me your email, and I'll, I'll I'll give you some links to some digital versions.
0: Amazing. I'll email Sarah now. Thanks so much, brother. Sure, brother. All right, man. So much love. Take care of the family, all right? Okay, thanks, man. All right. All right. Later, brother. Great legs. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.